What's up, everybody, and welcome to the official PlayStation podcast of the KT Data Network. My name is Jeff Hawks, and I'm your host for today, and with me are two forces of nature, uh, Rachel Hernandez. Hello. And Drew the Guru, Tyler. Hey, so this is the inaugural episode of the Little Big Cast. That's what we're calling this. And inaugural. as I mentioned earlier, it is the official PlayStation podcast of the KT Data Network. And... I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty excited to be here. It's, uh, I hope it goes well enough that we stick around. Right. So excited. Been planning on it for a little while. We've been trying to um, make some things happen, and uh, I, feel, I feel pretty good about it. Playing a lot of games. Right. Right. So uh, first, let's get into it. Um, Drew, what have you been playing? What have you been doing, man? For the last little while, I've been focused on Nino Kuni. So tell us a little bit about that. The Wrath first. of the White Witch, and so it's kind of an, uh, an RPG with a, a really cool kind of Japanese art style. Um, I believe the same guys that did Dragon Warrior back in the day when I was a kid. Okay. Right? So it's got that same feel where you have uh, just all sorts of side errands, but you have a main quest. And just uh, playing that with my kids has been a lot of, a lot of fun for, for me and for them. Um, other things I've been playing, Brothers just came out. Um, okay. That was a Game of the Year contender for a lot of different studios, right? I, yeah, I, there's quite a few involved in that. It's kind of a fun style of play where you play with t- two thumb paddles and try and get your two brothers to work together on the same like puzzle like pick up a pipe and walk through this puzzle or have one swing the other one to another rope piece or something so it was kind of a fun new style of playing it wasn't bat- button mashing it was like logistics really enjoyed do, that do you recall uh what company made that because it's an indie developer right yeah yeah it's not one i'd heard of it's not like buying it that's what google's for are you on it yeah i'll pull it up <laughs> um so 505 games is the Starbreeze Studios in partnership with 505 Games. Um, I've heard a lot of good stuff about this. Haven't picked it up yet, though. Um, it's, been, it's been fun. I've enjoyed playing through the through the, the steps, and I'd say maybe I'm about 60% done, but it's 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 been enjoyable just because of the unique game style. Do you know how long uh, the game is supposed to last? Like, if I were to get involved, how long it would take me? Uh, from where I'm at, I, you know, I'm like... Two three hours. Okay, uh, but but I'm not I'm not positive. I mean that's about where I'm at. at so, so I'm so you guess four or five. Six hours, yeah. five hours. Yeah, cool. on the sh- it's on the shorter side. Right on. And uh, so I f- I finished Nino Kuni uh, prior to you finishing yes. it, and that that you're looking at about an eighty hour. Right. So in comparison, right? this was like a uh, a quick Saturday play versus what I've been doing for the last couple of months with my girls. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've got to say though, like, uh, so if anyone out there is listening and uh, is thinking about Nino Kuni. I haven't played Brothers, but Nino Kuni is incredible. It's yeah. uh, Studio Ghibli and Level Five Studios. Um, amazing artwork. Uh, Level Five and or Studio Ghibli, excuse me, is the the company that does the Miyazaki films. Are you guys familiar with them? So yes, most definitely. I love them so much. I'm excited for the new film that they're going to be actually. It's about World War II, right? Like pilots. I think World so. War II? The name has escaped me, but yeah, I'm Miyazaki's excited last. for it. Miyazaki's last film. Yeah, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to do oh, the voice. Cool. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Very cool match. Lady, lady Drool. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, but yeah Studio Ghibli. Some good stuff. It's definitely worth a pick up for, for, a, long, for a long haul. Um, but other than that, I've just been picking up on the Olympics. So that is taking a lot of time and sleep It'll away. Yeah, yeah. It's like a one in every four years kind of thing. Right. I still so. feel just as good at the end of the night because it's like, wow, we won. No, we didn't win. Okay. Yeah, we won. So it's, you know, it's still ups and downs. Absolutely. Right on. What about you, Rachel? What have you been doing? Um, well, I haven't really, haven't, not doing a whole ton of stuff. 
But the last thing, the last accomplishing thing I did was uh, beat The Last of Us. Since then, I've been playing lots of Pokemon. My friends and I have recently picked it up, and I finally found the sixth, sixth member for my party, which I've been debating for a very long time. I've had a five, five Pokemon party for a minute, but that's fixed now. So that's so why I've been playing. Are you that. only? Are you allowed up to six? Yeah, six team members. Six. When when generally when you ask who's on someone's team, you're asking for the six in their party. Okay, cool. So yeah, I finally have my team. So you and I, go ahead. I was just say like I haven't Pokemon hardly at all. So is that hard to find the six, or is it just a matter of picking the best? It's one? It's just picking the best one, and since this is like the new generation, you have all you have every Pokemon to pick from. Is that's and that's oh, why so you're talking about six. Like you're talking about Pokemon that you're picking to play with you. You're not talking yeah. about like real human beings <laughs> that like you're working it's not, together. It's not wow. Because I haven't played <laughs> Pokemon Wow. Well, because I know uh, Rachel and I had discussed earlier. Um, Animal Crossing and how you could tie up with other people and you could meet other people in the game. Yeah. So I didn't know if there was any kind of that interaction happening Like pick there. a team member? Yeah. No, it's just my Pokemon team, I guess okay. I should specify. So yeah. So yeah, you just have so many options is my thing, so I don't know. Because you have so many options. And the ones you can't catch in like the previous game are easier to catch in the other games. So you have different opportunities. And, and I finally also have retrieved a ditto from one of my friends, so now I can start breeding and get the perfect ones, and it's this process, and I finally have the opportunity to do so it. So could you do that in previous uh, iterations of Pokemon? Oh yeah, um, daycare and breeding has always been a big thing. The reason why you need a ditto is because the dittos will always give you... So, when you breed, you have two Pokemon. A Pokemon loves the other Pokemon a whole ton. They create an egg. Yes, that's <laughs> so how it works usually. That's usually how yeah. it works. So, I, I got three little eggs at home. They're wonderful. <laughs> and I'm and I'm I'm not gonna lie. I didn't see our podcast going in this direction. But right. <laughs> so we have a sorry to break news to you. So you have a ditto, and the ditto will give you any Pokemon that you put with the ditto, which is why you want a ditto. Because uh, if you have two different Pokemon, it's a Xerox machine. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's exactly what it is. It's the somebody with res recessive genes. That yeah. Just doesn't it just provides? It'll just give you whatever you compare it to. Nice. So I is finally. That was, that was Go ahead. called X and Y. <laughs> no, because you're able to. <laughs> You're able to breed in the other ones, too. But, okay. yeah, I think they only named X and Y because they ran out of colors. I mean, the last one was black and white. And so they're like, oh, mm, no color to do. The full spectrum. So now it's you, letters. You, you piqued my interest. I may go look at this Pokemon thing, but you... Just look up breeding and it'll tell you. I totally just said Pokemon. Like, so, <laughs> Pokemon. Well, all my friends from Japan go, Pokemon. Uh, we're playing Pokemon. Like, uh, Pokemon. <laughs> So Whatever. when you're finally done with this, you're yes. going to need to pick up, eventually down the line, you're going to need to pick up Nino Kuni because that it's a little is, I feel like Nino Kuni is exactly what Pokemon should be on, like, a console. a console, rather than a handheld, which is what Pokemon has been on um, pretty much exclusively, with the exception of what, Safari back in the day. <laughs> right. Um, and I think so, too, because, like, they're both kind of Japanese developers, so, right. I mean, there are similarities. I guess that's just kind of their culture type thing. But, yeah, no, that's on my list. Um, that's going to be kind of, like, my... Because I have the Uncharted. I have three of the Uncharted, so I'm going to play those. But Neo Kuni is going to be my, like, my break between the three so I don't get sick of each one. So you spend six... Or what? The first Uncharted is, what, to like, 12 hours? So you spend 12 hours with Uncharted, 80 hours with Neo Kuni, <laughs> right. and then back in Uncharted. That sounds, that sounds great. So I think there'll be breaks from each other, even, so I can do, like the Uncharted 1 and then play like so much of Nino Kuni and then do the Uncharted. It'll just be switching switching things up so I don't get bored, I guess. Very cool. 
Very cool. So yeah, I'm excited. Gaming strategies. That's good. Right? Absolutely. You've got to. you got to kind of balance it out. Otherwise, you blast through good things too quickly and then you're you're left wanting. Well, that's what happened with Grand Theft Auto is I just played too much of that and I was just like, I'm tired of stealing cars for 60 hours. Right. So I never finished it. I beat The Last of Us instead. Very cool. Well, uh, we'll get into The Last of Us a little bit later on in the podcast. Uh, but so as far as what I've been doing, I finished up, I replayed episode one of The Wolf Among Us and played through episode two as well. Highly recommend that game. It is, uh, it's an amazing game. Telltale Studios has done a great job of creating a world and an environment that you feel really connected to and like drawn into. Um, their art style is very cool. It's it's all cell shaded. It looks like you're playing through a comic book story. I was gonna say I almost p didn't pick it up because it said Wolf Among Us, uh, episode one or something like that. And I mm -hmm. thought, well, I, I wanted a game. I thought I was gonna play a game. I know because it, just looking at it, I thought. I right. So it's an book. it's an episodic uh, series, the same way that uh, The Walking Dead was. So they did The Walking Dead. Okay. Uh, I think last year, um, and that was on a, a number of Game of the Year uh, lists as well. I think that the last, or excuse me, I think that The Wolf Among Us is a better game overall, honestly. I, I feel drawn into it in a way that I wasn't with The Walking Dead. Super good story. The art style is amazing. I love kind of the 80s ambiance that it has to it. Um, in addition to that, I've been playing Battlefield 4 with some friends online. Um, it's a hard one to pull away from. I, uh, you know, I haven't played a military shooter in a long time. Uh, probably two or three years and I just thought I'd jump back into it and give it a shot and I've really loved Battlefield 4 despite some of the problems that I know a lot of people have had I was gonna I've, say I've I, really enjoyed it yeah yeah I've read a lot of forums just complaining about how yeah and and there's something to be like the the complaints are totally valid I've had my issues with it too it's a very fun game when it works correctly <laughs> when it's not it's infuriating overall though I've really enjoyed it and then on the um, you know, PS4 exclusive side, uh, I am about three quarters of the way through Killzone Shadowfall. It is an amazing, um, graphically an amazing um, experience. Gameplay story-wise, I, I don't love it, but visually it is stunning. It is, it is truly, um, it's something to see. It's just really beautiful. amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then for PlayStation Plus this month, uh, they just released Outlast for the PlayStation 4 which is probably the scariest game that I can ever remember playing. Um, and I grew up with like the How original Resident Evil and Silent so Hills scary. that like scared me as a child. Right. But like I'm a I'm a 29-year-old man and I turned this game off after like 45 minutes. I was like I cannot keep doing this. You're in an insane asylum. Um, every like the majority of the area is black. Super dark. You have no weapons. You're just there to observe. You're a, you're kind of a um, investigative journalist, and you're in this insane asylum, trying to figure out what's actually happening here. So all you have is a tape recorder with night vision. So when it's too dark to see, you're looking through a camera lens, and it is uh, it's terrifying. So it's like, a video camera, not a tape recorder. Excuse me, video camera. Yes. <laughs> Did I say tape recorder? Yeah, totally. Because I'm like, I just recorder. Recorder. Some recorders have tape recorders. Tape recorders I'm, uh, I'm one of those old guys uh, it's all, that remembers it's all tape, tape recorders. recorders. What's that? I don't know Super what that is. Technology. So like, <laughs> but continue. You have a video camera. Yeah, Astros. I have a video camera. You're cruising around, and there's just a bunch of dead people, and the sound <laughs> is terrifying, and the monsters are scary, and they kill a lot of people, and it's. So yeah. what's the villain? Is it not like? I don't ghost even know. I haven't things? gotten far enough to find out who the villain is. 
I just know that there are big monsters. Yeah, I just know that there are big monsters that like. The form. I just couldn't keep going and I had to get out. Nice. Um, other than that, I'm super excited for Thief, which is coming out later in uh, later this month. I think on the 25th or 28th. I can't remember. Um, we'll get into that later. But uh, yeah, I mean, on today's show, we're going to be covering the latest in Sony news, upcoming games, and we're going to discuss whether or not a banana will send you into a tailspin. All that and more coming up on the Little Big Chat. Kick it over to Drew now for uh, this week's news. Top five stories. Top Go. five stories. Number one, it's a rumor, but Sony's PS4 VR headset could blow Oculus Rift out of the water. This one coming from Tech Radar. Here's a story. We all heard a little bit about the head-mounted display from Sony last year, and then a key Sony exec said that he'd heard of a VR helmet that was in the works. So another source has come forward to a, a blog, Road to VR. They've claimed to have tried this head-mounted display, and the source is completely unverified, so there's no guarantee that any of this is true, but... According to the source, Sony's headset has a field of view to rival the Oculus Rift, at least the first iterations of it, but has a much higher resolution. The head-mounted display apparently sports two glowing orbs, which it'll use along with cameras, we're assuming PS4 camera, to track the user's head movements. The source says they also attended Valve's Steam Dev days, and they tried out the Valve headset, and they compared the Sony's rumored headset uh, with the reports that... Uh, there are reports out there that Valve's headset was better than the Oculus Rift, and now they're comparing the Sony set with the Valve set, saying that it's on par it's better cool. than. So by by comparison, there's a three-way comparison saying that this one could very well blow the Rift out of the water. Kicker then, the Rift is aiming for a PC game, for a PC market. They're hooking up with uh, builders like XI3 and, and others. Sony obviously is mainly cheap for PS4. Right. So what do you think? I, I think probably, I think, I think it's safe to assume that Sony's will be exclusively a PS4 headset. Yeah. I don't see them going into the uh, the PC market with it. Um, I think it's safe to say too that if, if Sony is pursuing this technology, they definitely have the resources to kind of outshine the other the other companies that are doing this. I mean, Oculus and uh, Valve, while both I think financially stable, I don't. I just don't think that they have the reach and the resources that Sony has right. that they can throw at it. Right. Even Valve, I don't think Valve's going to be putting this thing out in public from what I've seen it's more of like this was fun to build but it's way too expensive for us to market when right we're not to. necessarily viable yeah you know what else I think too that if Sony's gonna do this then you know Xbox is gonna counter I think too I wonder if this is kind of like a PS move slash connect type yeah. advancement too yeah that makes sense I mean another peripheral that allows head control seems, yeah seems like a natural progression Xbox is gonna have to do something I to think it. so too and I think if they can do it right um I know at uh, at CES this year, um, Drew and I both tried on uh, Sony's little mobile gaming headset. Yeah. It yeah. Uh, by no means was the Oculus Rift, but visually it had, I mean, it looked better visually to me than the Oculus Rift first gen did. So there's that as well. Yeah, they've got a lot of, a lot of dev that can go back into that. All right, number two. This story uh, from Slash Gear. The redesigned PS Vita Slim gets its North American launch this spring, so it's going to come with the Borderlands 2 bundle. Sony launches its redesigned PS Vita in the U.S. and Canada this spring. Companies confirmed as part of that bundle. Uh, the release is going to be a redesigned handheld. Let's see, what are they pushing it at? 199. That was confirmed last week at a, an event in Los Angeles. 
The redesigned Vita replaces the OLED display of the original for an LCD. It's presumably cheaper for Sony to use that. It also cuts the weight by almost 60 grams and the thickness by almost a fifth. And with a lot more rounded edges, make it a little bit more comfortable to hold. Plus, the touchpad on the back is going to get reduced a little bit. So, Sony released the, the Vita Slim in the UK last week. Um, and the functionality and the casting redesign, they've all been kind of met with some positive comments. Um, the cost has ruffled a few feathers. So, some gamers are saying they're, they're gouging the, the uh, users, the end users, because it's obviously cheaper to produce. Why not make it cheaper to, to sell? Thoughts on that one? I think it's cute that Sony always released, like, they always come out with a skinnier... Skinnier, sexier right? every that's, time. That's how I see, because, like, there was a, there's even a PS2 Slim, there's a PlayStation 3 Slim, there's a, a Vita Slim. I didn't even know they could slim down handhelds. But I think it's a good way to kind of revamp yourself and re-advertise and remind. I honestly don't think $200 is even that bad. I mean, Nintendo 3DS... Nintendo 3DS is slightly cheaper, but I feel like the Vita is like a so PS4. It's it's a mini PS4 essentially. So right. I feel like I get a Vita for that price and that doesn't make it sound too bad. Yeah, are they know? are they do we know are they moving away with the slim version of the uh, the Vita? Are they getting rid of the OLED screen or are they keeping that with No, the, they're getting rid of it and they're uh, going to L C D. Oh, you see oh, the original for an L C D, yeah. So it's cool. going all L C D, which is what probably makes it cheaper and skinnier all right. So cool. So I, I think this is a great idea. Um, not only I mean, not only is the Vita this kind of growing um, handheld right now, uh, but I think the the way that you can in integrate it with a PS4 system makes it way more marketable now that the PS4 oh, is yeah. on the on the market. Um, but Borderlands 2 is huge for the PlayStation Vita for several reasons. Number one, Borderlands 2 is freaking huge. Like this this game is you know easily a hundred hour game. Mm -hmm. That is not something that is, has been on the Vita yet. And it's a game that people love. Like, yeah, there's you know, some passion there. It's been out for a while, and people are still actively playing it on the PS3 and the Xbox 360. I think for it to come to a handheld, um, that says a lot. I think it's the perfect platform for a game like Borderlands that you want to be able to just pull up and play with you wherever you go. Um, so in my mind, 199 for Borderlands 2 and the Slim Vita Pretty is deal. a killer deal. Excellent. All right, new number three, top story. Over half of PS4 owners have a PlayStation Plus subscription. That's from Jump to Gamer. So with PS4 selling above expectations, the CEO revealed, Sony CEO revealed last week that over half of the PlayStation owners now have their PlayStation Plus subscription. There's no official number that was released. They also revealed that there are now currently over 150 million PSN members, with numbers increasing thanks to their next-gen launch, the PS4 has come out. CEO also states, of the 4.2 million PS4s that have already moved into the hands of consumers, more than half of those people have now gotten their hands um, that they have gotten their hands on the PS4 have signed up for this service. So, bodes, bodes well for the future, but my take on this is why why haven't you signed up for the right. PlayStation Plus? Right. That's absolutely. the best deal out there in gaming, bar none. Right, absolutely. Um, I As we kind of got into this discussion, I, I pulled up just a list of the free games that have come right. out through PlayStation Plus. So, I say free, and the nitpickers want to be like, oh, it's five bucks a month, it's not free. Let me just tell you what your sixty dollars uh, last year, year right? got yeah. you. Like, I can give you a list of. It's almost all I play on the free games. Forty, the 40 different games yep. that came out for free, of which uh, about sixty-five percent of these games have uh, an above eighty-three or an above eighty rating on uh, Metacritic. Um, 
games like Resogun for the PS4, Contrast for the PS4, Borderlands 2 were free, Demon's Souls, Battlefield 3, Sleeping Dogs, Saints Row the Third, um, Kingdoms of Amalur, like, it, it does not make sense at this point to not have PlayStation Plus for the amount of content that you're right. being given right. for your $5. It is crazy not to have it because those titles are yours forever once you download it. So, or once you even, like, queue it up. As long as you remember, yeah, right. Not only that, but, like, $60 is, $60 of one year is one, like, console game. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, right. what? Yeah, yeah. So, the question should be, why is it only half? Of the PS4 users on right. PlayStation. I agree. I mean, if you look, what the, probably the best example of this is Bioshock Infinite, which is free currently on PlayStation Plus. If you were to go into a GameStop or you know some mom and pop store, trying to buy a physical copy, whether used or new, I'll bet I would be willing to bet that used, you're still paying forty-five dollars for Bioshock Infinite at this point. Wow. And through the PlayStation Plus, you're getting it for free, like, or for five dollars right, if right. you're being picky. That's <laughs> Ludicrous to not have yep. PlayStation Plus at this point. I'm with you on that one. All right, two more, two more of our top five here. Number four, Last of Us takes Game of the Year at the Dice Awards. This is reported by Joystick. Uh, Naughty Dog's grim post-apocalyptic adventure took Game of the Year honors at the awards in Las Vegas, Nevada, recently, and it walked away with ten wins out of thirteen nominations. So it was nominated for thirteen of their little uh, criterias and walked away with ten of them. Things like. Uh, outstanding achievement in story, outstanding achievement in game direction, outstanding innovation in gaming, uh, achievement in animation, sound design. Everything. Sounds like it's a pretty good game. Right. So, <laughs> Drew, you're the only person that hasn't yes. played this here I'm currently. totally afraid to You play. may be the only person I was the first world. to see it, though, out of this That's one. right, because you were at E3, right? I was at E3, and I watched the launch, and the entire stadium just went nuts Aww. when they said that, you know, they, they showed the trailer and the demo, and beating people with crowbars and stuff. There's the last like, the last yes. shot of the thing is like the guy shotguns the dude and it goes black yeah. and then it comes kind of fades to the last of us, right? Yeah, everyone just That's lost pretty cool it that you were there. So. I was, I was say, yeah, I remember seeing the trailer and I was like, Oh, this is gonna be a really cool game. The entire stadium said that and they're like size and like their giddy geek, you know, geek gasm. They're just like, Oh it's so good <laughs> And I'm just sitting there I'm we're all journalists, really. Like, I mean, everybody in there had to be some sort of reporter. You're supposed but, to be objective. Yeah, but we're all... I, mean, I just watched it because I hadn't <laughs> I heard of it, so I just kind of like, all right, apparently they like this one. <laughs> but yes, um, outstanding. Uh, tell me more about it without giving it away. It's never right, going to so lose popularity. Yeah, I just finished it, and I wasn't... Dis I knew how it was going to end, and I still wasn't even disappointed. So it got spoiled for me a couple times. So How long is it? Is this a, a long one? Is this, um, uh, it's pretty linear. Hours? Yeah, it didn't take okay, me okay. drastically long. I finished it. Because games like this, I have to like calculate my, my night time. Like, right. yeah, when the kids too. go to bed, this is my oh. time to play, and so I have to calculate how many of my evenings I could get through it. So you're looking at, you're looking at roughly like 14 to 16 hours, depending on how thorough you are. Um, and thorough. the thing is, though, this is a game where you want to be thorough. Like The, the notes that you find and the, the stories that are told through you know, notes and journal Things entries you that you find as you dig through homes um, are some of the most impactful stories in the game. Uh, and so... I'm getting chills just like thinking about yeah. some of them, I think. This is, this is a game that is worth um, investing the time into, really getting into it. I mean, the sound, without a doubt, they deserve uh, Game of the Year for sound. Um, in fact, everything that they won was totally deserved. It, it flows so well, everything they did. Just, right. Ugh. It's, it's a game that is... Um, like grown-up storytelling at its best. Cool. Um, okay. You, I feel I like a good story. the story is being told. Um, Can I appreciate this story without like 
loving zombies. Like, I, I oh, care yeah. less about zombies. Right. No, so there's the thing, is that the story is not about zombies at all. Okay. Like, the, and, and they're a believable, zo- like, zombie story. Okay. okay. Um, essentially, like, a, uh, um, a biological agent, I'll right? A believable zombie story. A fungal, story. A fungal yeah, infection okay. that has taken over the insect kingdom has now transferred over to humans. And Naughty Dog actually used uh, a clip from BBC's Planet Earth as their first teaser trailer. They showed a, a clip of an ant being infected with this same wow. chloricept uh, fungus. To build this realism. And that's what they it built it on. Happen, yeah. so get scared. And so that's how they nice. built the entire story. Yeah, nice. But the story in no way is about zombies. And what's interesting is that the, the human bad guys in this game are far more often more monstrous than the monsters are. Like, I wasn't, yeah, no, because I played, yeah, go ahead, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's the interesting paradigm yeah. with this story, is that the bad guys aren't the monsters. Like, the mo- most monstrous people or things in this game are not the monsters that you're trying to sneak around. And more often than not, you can pass these mo- these zombie dudes yeah. without killing them, but you can never pass the humans without killing them. Like, it turns it's traditional monster weird. story on its head. Because uh, I played it with my, my friend watched me play it, so she said that's what she noticed too, is that it kind of alternates between the monsters in each level. So like one level you'll have to be fighting off the zombies or the mon- those things, and then the next level you have to fight a complete group of people. And that's what she says in most zombie games, you don't fight people, you don't shoot people, they're not your enemies, they're usually your friends. And in this one... There are people coming from They're you. your enemies, yeah. Right. So that's what she noticed. So it's not even zombies, it's... Awesome. So no surprise Beautiful. then that it's Game of the Year. Absolutely deserved. And probably more so than just the DICE Awards. It's done very well. Uh, so number five, finally. Pedestrians in the PS4 exclusive Infamous Second Son are real people. This one from dun, Push dun, Square. Dun. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So the the superhero sequel of Infamous Second Son set to launch next month. However, before you go vaporizing residents of a rainy region, you may be interested to know that every pedestrian in the PS4 exclusive is based upon a real person. The uh, voice actor, Troy Baker, who also plays Joel in The Last of Us, pretty cool. And Booker in uh, Bioshock. Bioshock. In Bioshock, right? So he, he let it go on Twitter that he just got his hands on the, on, on the game, mm-hmm. and he just said, fact, all the pedestrians populating Seattle and Second Son are actual Seattleites whose likenesses were scanned and put in the game. That's and cool. then the That's article cool. there on Push Square like goes, it, like gushes, and it goes into like the possibility of maybe having a Kurt Cobain cameo. I don't know if it says that there is or isn't. It's just whoever's writing this just kind of goes, "You could see Kurt Cobain." And right. Like, okay. Sure. Of all the people in Seattle, that would be the one that I'd love to see in the game. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. And then I guess what what the question of that article was is moral conflict, knowing that that was modeled after a real human and not just some populated. Thing, does that change your moral conflict and whether you know how you play out your game? I don't know. I I don't have violent tendencies. I'm a good guy, so. I, so I I typically play as the good guy as well. I'm not normally drawn to like the, good the, guy. the evil choices. Like if I have a choice, it's the good choice because I can't just I can't justify it with myself. Like all through the Mass Effect series, like Paragon, every single time, I just can't bring myself to be the bad guy. Um, but. One of the best parts about the Infamous series, and I don't know if either of you guys have played them yet, but um, Infamous, the entire thing is kind of based on the moral choices that you make. Uh, am, I, am I inspiring people? Am I a leader? Am I someone that people can look to for help? Or am I the guy that people run afraid of, and I am this infamous, you know, um, anti-hero? And uh, 
so those are decisions you make because if you're the guy that people like, they ask you for help and that can get frustrating. Um, and uh, so you, you, you end up with like this added responsibility as a player where if you're the bad guy, you know, you're sucking the soul out of people to recharge, recharge yourself. And, uh, I think it's very cool. I think that, um, anytime a game can offer, um, additional characters wow. can add, can add um, different faces to the NPCs. I'm I'm all for that. I don't know that it makes me personally feel more or less inclined yeah, to moral change. decisions. Um, the game does that on its own. What I like though is that there's going to be such a broad variety of faces and people, and that to me it adds a level of realism to a game that wouldn't be there otherwise. Agreed. Agreed. I was going to say, people like, well, like, when games are more realistic, that's usually a good thing. So, I mean, real people real, real people are not real people. I mean, they're still video right. game people. Right. You know? It's still a video game. Yeah. Cool. So, Infamous does not come out uh, until March, uh, looks like March 21st, but... If I were interested in what was coming out soon, where would I look, Rachel? Oh, well, I don't know. I can inform you of some. Uh, some things that have... This one's previous. Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy XIII, came out on the 11th. Today, The Last of Us, the DLC, has been released. Um, on February 18th, Assassin's Creed Black Flag download, freedom, um, download content, Freedom City. Also on the 25th of February, Thief, and then... We went to March, and then March 11th, Dark Souls 2. Minecraft is also said to be released for the Xbox One. Don't have a date for that one. And then March 18th, Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid, Ground Zero. Um, March 21st, Infamous Second Son. And then March 25th, Bioshock Infinite's Burial at Sea, Episode 2. Downloadable content will be released. So those are just some upcoming things. A lot of stuff to get ready for. I right. know. So I'm most excited for Thief. That comes out on the 25th. Um... I'll also be playing The Last of Us Left Behind and possibly getting into Freedom Cry, the uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag DLC. I'm not sure yet. Um, I upgraded from the PS3 to the PS4, and it does not transfer your data. Aww. And so oh. I'm, I'm having to doesn't. contemplate and kind of juggle with the idea of like whether or not I get back into it, because I would really love to play Assassin's Creed on the PS4, uh, but not if it means I start from zero. And so that's kind of the, the juggle that I'm involved in right now. But I think Thief, uh, as far as February releases go, I think Thief looks amazing. Really looking forward to that. Um, I'm, I'm more on the Final Fantasy side. I, I, love, I love the RPG. I love the style there. So that's that's what I'm looking look, had looked forward to, and now it's here. So I'll take I'll take advantage of that. I'm not, yeah, I like to kill people so much. <laughs> we'll see though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play some of these scary ones and see if it if I can get if I can get through the like the uh, the Last of Us. I will try that soon, and yeah, I will you let you know. That. I will let you know. Well, I was gonna say I'm excited. I'm probably gonna get that Last of Us download download downloadable content, and then I think I do want to get. Uh, I want to see. You don't like replaying games, but I like replaying games. And we talked about like how there's a good person. I always like to do both because I'm one of those complete gamers. So. Yeah. I like to play through as a good guy, and then after a couple of weeks, I'll play through as a bad guy. So I'm thinking I'll replay Bioshock Infinite, and then I'll maybe invest in the downloadable content for that. Cool. And then have an opportunity to replay everything. There's just not enough time in the world. That's what it all comes out to. Unfortunately. It's a bummer. Unfortunately. So in addition to the new releases that are going to be coming out, uh, we also um, are looking out a little bit further 
to Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, there's been a lot of talk recently on different forums, on Reddit, whatever else, about Elder Scrolls. They just came out and announced that they won't require PlayStation Plus to be able to use Elder Scrolls Online for the PS4. That's uh, pretty interesting. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online will still require a script subscription. Um, but what's kind of interesting about this whole thing is that the Xbox One will still require um, players to have a subscription to Xbox Live. And I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, you mean X Xbox Live? Well, the thing is about gold, or yeah, the, having a gold, is that you can't access any of their online content unless you have gold. Yeah, so like you were locked off of you the know, grid. Right, so that's how it is for everything. So, I mean, mine, this is the dilemma I'm in, because I finally have PlayStation 3, and my Xbox Gold finally expires sometime this month in February, and I don't know if I want to... Subscribe. I don't. I don't want to pay like another six dollars for a year for like three things that I'll probably do online. So it kind of it's a dilemma I'm in, and I don't know if I want to do it. But uh, yeah, that's how Xbox is, and that's how it's always been. And what sucks is that sometimes, like I know for the Assassin's Creed, I want to say it was the Brotherhood multiplayer, mm -hmm. Ubisoft had you pay an extra to get onto their server. So not only were you playing for Xbox Live but you're paying to get on their server versus the PlayStation where you would just pay to get on the Ubisoft server. So it's like, I feel like there's just always an extra charge with Microsoft no matter what you'll be doing. So. Yeah, see, and I, I feel like this is another huge blow to Microsoft. Um, you know, as we worked our way up to the release of the new consoles, uh, there was a lot of back and forth on, you know, which console was better, which one was more geared towards gamers. And I think the reality is that we're seeing, you know, at every step of the... At every step of the way, like PlayStation has come out as being the console of gamers, and I think this is just another way of showing that. Like, hey, if you want to play this game that has a fifteen dollar a month membership fee, like that's a that's a pretty big cost for most people, right? Yeah. Fifteen dollars a month yeah. to play an MMO. Um, they're not going to require you have a PlayStation Plus subscription to do that. I think that's awesome. I don't want to pay a PlayStation like if if I have to, if I don't have any other choice. That would frustrate me if I had to pay, you know, a Netflix subscription and then my PlayStation Plus subscription on top of that to be able to use it. To me, I feel like it's uh, kind of underhanded, honestly, that uh, that they'd be pushing that through the Xbox Gold. Yeah, it's almost like giving you a you got to pay this much money to get on the to get on the toll road. Right. But if yeah. you're going to take this particular car on the toll road, you got to pay this much more again or something. You know, it's just right. so like once you're, once you're there, you should have that access. It limits the gamers completely oh, yeah. because, I mean, without gold, you can't download themes. You can't download things through your avatar. You can't... Can you download updates for games? Like if a game patch comes through? I don't believe so. I don't think you can do... I don't... You, if you do not have gold, you do not have access to anything. Internet. Yeah. That's Essentially. crazy. That's so kind of, that's kind of weird. I, I I love the PlayStation model as it is, where you have such a great deal for the entire year. We talked about that earlier. It's such a great deal, and so yeah, if you were going to be on there already, um, it's just it's plenty of content to keep you busy. So some people have been though. Some people have been upset that uh, PlayStation Plus is now required with the PS4 to play online games. Is that something that you guys feel like is a problem? I don't think so because I feel like. Um, like having a placed up PlayStation Four account or, or PlayStation Plus benefits you as well. So I mean, right. you do have to pay extra to access this, but you get so much in return versus the gold account where you just get internet access. You know what I mean? Right. And then I you think... pay for everything after you have your yeah. internet access yeah. that you paid for. So right. versus like 
PlayStation Plus kind of rewards you after. So it does kind of suck that if you don't have it and you want to play this game. But I mean, you get benefits after you do it. And I think I think people were initially upset because, you know, PlayStation Online has always, up until the PlayStation 4, has been totally free. If you want to play games online, you've been able to do it with no, no issue right. um, through the PlayStation Network. And people are upset now that, they, you know, they've introduced this new cost. I think, like, for me personally, um, the fact that I have a choice, number one, is a huge deal. Like, that I can still watch my Netflix if I don't have a PS Plus account. I can still surf the internet without a PS Plus account. I can see Amazon Prime. Yeah. I can use all of those things without it. Netflix. So, yeah. I, I feel like they've generated goodwill for the people that still purchase PlayStation Plus and that, that find value in that. Um, but I am all for... I'm all for requiring, if you're going to play online games, we have a charge to make sure that we can keep it running at the you know, highest quality possible. Um, if my $5 a month helps me be more protected against uh, any kind of um, you know, hacking as what happened you know, in 2012, if my online experience is better because I'm paying a $5 monthly fee, to me that's worth it. So I, I have no problem at whatsoever um, spending that money. Is that is that something that you guys would agree with, disagree with? What do you think? Um, I think I agree with that. I, mean, I agree it, too. It makes sense. I think. It does make sense. I just think Sony's target audience is like gamers, and then gamer gamers. So I think that's cool. Right on. It seems it seems, it seems strange, but uh, we'll see. That I'm sure they're getting some pushback. Uh, they they've lost deals. Xbox has lost deals in the past because they made the the double subscription idea. Come yeah. Up. So this losing me. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that. I think I think either they're gonna. See the pushback and realize that they've got to adjust their their gold model, or they'll lose they'll lose, lose yeah. people, right? I think so too. And they're doing that. They're losing them with the next gen consoles and everything. Like I said, I don't know if I want to. I don't know. Marketing wise, it may be that they just the Microsoft flavor. That's like, okay, let's let's let the gamers go this way, and let's take this into the the uh, you know a different entertainment. A, entertainment. Let's make this an entertainment hub for the family, so that's an easy decision for family members to make because it's all entertainment, part of the Microsoft right. world. Versus hardcore gamers, I'm not sure I see that def definition there yet. But there still still seems to be like they and might just be leaning that way. I think that's totally the the push that they tried to make. Um, I think people have kind of seen through that though. I mean, I more PlayStation users use Netflix than <laughs> Xbox users. Like the PlayStation is still like a media hub. Yeah. In every sense of yeah, the world. Yeah, it does it all still. And Sony has talked about in the past wanting to bring like Sony Picture Studios, like an app to the PlayStation 4 that will allow you access, cheaper access to their library of movies and music. Like Sony is so huge, right. like on the entertainment side. Right. That right. I think integrating that into their new system is, is something that is bound to happen. Um, Another thing too, Sony is releasing their Xperia cell phone. Uh, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. I wonder if that's going to be have anything that'll inspire apps or something like yeah. that. Yeah, push more mobile for sure. Yeah, so. definitely. Cool. So as we uh, as we discuss the spread, I guess of the uh, the PS4 and the success that they've seen in regard to you know the whole um, PS Plus Xbox Gold um, kind of conversation, uh, a, a report came out recently. Um, I got my information from DualShockers, but basically discusses the spread of the PS4 and that Sony executives are, are saying that that spread is quite encouraging and that they've been doing really well. Uh, the, the article 
goes on to say that during uh, during the earnings call for investors, an analyst related to the third quarter uh, and an an analysis and now blah, blah, blah. wow say that three times fast right? analyst an analyst <laughs> related to the third quarter of the fiscal year. Sony President uh, Keizo Hirai uh, and Chief <laughs> Financial Officer Wow I cannot read right now. Mazura Kato gave some news that are quite encouraging uh, to PlayStation fans. Basically, what they're what they've decided is, um, it looks like they're actually going to get rid of their Sony Bio business. They're going to sell that off. Yeah. Um, kind of reformat and uh, kind of shake up their TV side of things, and then put more emphasis towards PlayStation um, because they've seen the success that uh, Sony has had with the PlayStation model over the last year and with the launch of the new PlayStation Four. Um, yeah, so it's it's definitely given them a, that encouraging. Like, okay, we're doing something right. Let's go this direction. Because if you look at their TVs, they were still kind of punching out the the bigger CRT monitor style stuff right. when the when the other guys got in the game and started doing slim TVs. Mm -hmm. So Sony was just behind because of the components they were using. They weren't able to kind of keep up with the slim stuff. So by the time they had taken off, Sony was behind already in that game. I think they're still going to push forward and make their larger TVs and their biggest possible quality and sound. Like I said, they're spinning it off. They're taking that and making it its own entity, so that it has its own revenue and funds and things to deal with, and put, putting their focus into the, into the game side of things, which is kind of exciting, right? I mean, they're they're cutting people out uh, business-wise to make things work, but it's almost like I wouldn't call it cancerous. That's not quite you know, but right. but but it's just like the stuff that's not doing well business-wise. Let's let it you know work itself out, get itself going. And we'll keep what's healthy and strong and robust going strong. Uh, and, and I love that it's the game side of things because they are doing good. Right. And I, th and I think what this really shows is that Sony's um, push, you know, last year with E3 that, you know, they wanted to be the company to put players first. I think that they've seen, honestly, I don't think they expected to see the success that they've seen. I read a report earlier today that in... Um, in January, the PlayStation uh, 4 sold 2 to 1 over the Xbox One, wow. which is staggering. That's that's big. And so I think uh, what they've recognized is that when you're putting players first, like, players respond. And so I think it makes sense to take a failing, you know, Sony Bio, sell it off, yeah, um, kind of segment and restructure the TV um, side of your business. Give somebody else the reins. Right, and put put more emphasis into uh, to something that has a lot of momentum behind it. Like, the PlayStation 4 right now is a powerhouse for them. I think if they can keep throwing uh, money at it, development, um, you know, we talked earlier about the VR hardware, we talked about um, some of the new exclusive games that they're coming out with. Like, if they can throw money behind some of these studios and get some really good first-party exclusives coming out, I, I think they're going to be unstoppable. I think so too I, I agree with Drew's thing too is that they're just putting their assets in the right in the right thing I mean like TVs are cool yeah cool if we can have a super application TV that does things but I don't think it's like necessary I don't a TV is a TV they already have that technology they have it what it's you know what I mean like how much more can you even do sure. with that right so versus the PlayStation 4 where they can keep they can keep adding on to it they can do things I, I don't know. I think they're headed in the right direction, and I think it's going to put them more on top as if they weren't already on top. Right. Which know? we think they pretty much are. I know, right? So I think they're killing it, and I think this is only going to make them kill it even more so. Right on. So it's like, and, and like we talked about earlier, there's a chance, I suppose, that Microsoft and the Xbox will, will 
basically head for a different market. And whether they're selling the two to one or not, they still have maybe a broader niche to target. Right. I mean, you yeah. talk about gamers, you got X number. This is like the maximum amount of people you could ever, you know, get interested in that thing. And then Microsoft maybe is just making themselves a little bit op more open to a, a wider range. Um, and more power to them. I like the gaming side. Yeah. That's right. Right. That's yeah. Divide it. Absolutely, I agree. Well, thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. As I mentioned earlier, this is the, first, the first time and, ever. Right. Thank yeah. you for joining us for the first time ever. If you uh, if you're listening for the first time today and uh, you want to keep listening, we would encourage it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at LittleBigCast with a K. Um, Help us. As I mentioned earlier, my name is Jeff. With me today were Drew. I was uh, over here, and Rachel's over here. So cute. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, guys. Have a good one. Later.